Hi everyone, how you doing? I'm Danny Randon and welcome to Bitch and Brew, a podcast about music, life and everything in between. Thank you very much uh, for tuning in on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast things. Uh, this is episode number 44 of Bitch and Brew and I really hope you're as excited as I am for this one, which is, you know, I'm pretty fucking excited right now uh, because I am going to be joined by not one but two guests, uh, both of whom form uh, two-fifths or uh, 40%. Yes, 40%. It's been a while since I've done my maths UCSE, although that's probably not an excuse for not knowing that two-fifths is is 40%. But, uh, you know, that aside, uh, I am joined by 40% of one of the most exciting young heavy bands in in the country, or, you know, dare I even say in the world, uh, right now, it is a band I've spoken about on the podcast quite a bit recently. Uh, certainly, if uh, you know regular listeners might remember me shouting this band out a fair bit on the uh, on the ten bitching bands for 2020 special that we put out at the start of the year. The sort of collaboration episode I did with uh, Tim Birkbeck from the Justin Insight podcast. That was a real fun one to record. I, I, yeah, that, that one was really cool. If you haven't listened to that one yet, uh, then then go back to episode number 42. Yeah, it was two episodes ago. Now, uh, episode number 42, not that long ago, um, where I spoke about this band, um, alongside lots of other great bands. But, uh, you know, we're focusing on this band specifically right now. This band being, of course, a band called Loathe. Uh, Loathe, if you you have not heard them before or heard of them, uh, you've clearly been living under a bit of a rock. Um, They are an experimental metal five-piece who are mainly... Uh, from uh, Liverpool, far up north here from um, the uh, Bitchin' HQ on the south coast of the UK. Still very windy down here. Um, But uh, Loathe spent the majority of, well, the last couple of years, really, building up a lot of buzz off the back of the release of their full-length debut album, The Cold Sun, which came out in 2017. And, uh, you know, just recently, they've really capitalised on that buzz and started 2020 on an almighty high. I'm talking, of course, uh, mainly about their long-awaited second album, uh, which came out on the 7th of February. It's called I Let It In and It Took Everything. It's out now, obviously, on Sharp Tone Records. Um, I will slowly uh, get back into the habit of doing more in-depth album reviews, you know, bear bear with me on that while I'm still kind of figuring out the logistics of, of where the where the bitching review goes from here. Um, but allow me to sort of say, f- for the time being, I suppose, that as far as, as heavy music goes in, in 2020, Loathe are just completely dominant on their new album, I Let It In and It Took Everything, is, is a wild wild ride indeed and it delivers on a lot of promises that they have made over the last couple of years and uh, the band themselves I mean really you know we go into this on the uh, on the recorded interview that you're going to hear in just a couple of minutes uh, we go into this quite a fair bit they they really are the the full package not just on record or on stage but just kind of visually and aesthetically and just the way they present themselves um especially in the age of you know social media and streaming and and low attention spans they're really quite the uh sort of 
captivating uh, item, really, captivating artists. And they're kind of giving you everything that you want from uh, a heavy band in 2020. Uh, you know, we've obviously had a lot of great heavy bands on the podcast before in the past. If you're if you're a new listener, you may want to go back and listen to my chats with the likes of um, Employed to Serve and, and Car Bomb and Ithaca um, and Brutus and Foxjaw, who uh, were recently on tour uh, with Loathe. Um, you know, I very much consider uh, Loathe among uh, these bands sort of up in the upper echelons of contemporary heavy music, uh, not just in the UK, but all around the world. Um, I saw Loathe live uh, for the first time just a couple of hours after recording the, the interview that you're about to hear. And I left that venue that night uh, just in complete awe. I thought Loathe and and Foxjaw, for their credit, were both uh, just incredible, just awesome uh, the other week. And... I'm hoping that you know about a lot of this already. So if you if you haven't checked out the new album, uh, then then I would recommend you you kind of go and do that. Go and do that right now. Just do it on the proviso that that you then return to listen to the rest of this podcast. That that mean a lot. And something tells me that you'll be seeing them out on the road a hell of a lot more over the coming months. They've just wrapped up a UK headline tour, but it's definitely not the last we've seen of Loathe, certainly in the UK at least. Um, I'm obviously really excited for this one, especially off the back of doing another uh, you know, couple of chats before this. Um, one you've already heard, which was with Dylan from Spanish Love Songs. Thank you very much to everyone for, uh, for the lovely words that they said about that episode. It was good to kind of get back into the swing of things. And uh, I know I did do another interview before this one, but I decided just because Loathe have, you know, put their new album out is still kind of hot off the press that, that we would put this one out first. So one you're you're yet to hear, which, you know, means that, you know, I can actually promise another episode at the end of this. Um, but, you know, we're easing back uh, into into doing interviews after after a brief hiatus. I feel a lot more kind of comfortable about it, maybe more comfortable than I was uh, when it came to doing the, the chat with uh, with Dylan from Spanish Love Songs, but I had a, a, re- a really good time with that episode nonetheless, and again, thank you to anyone who, who kind of got in touch after that episode came out and said some nice things about it. Um, so the interview... Uh, again that you're about to hear was originally meant to be with guitarist and singer uh, Eric Bickerstaff of Loathe but uh, due to a couple of uh, scheduling uh, conflicts uh, Eric was not available at the last minute if you want to go and listen to a chat specifically with Eric then I would encourage you uh, his second shout out of the show to go over to the Justin Insight podcast um, hosted by the one and only Tim Birkbeck who did an interview with Eric recently that was very 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 good indeed. Uh, but because Eric wasn't available, instead I got the opportunity to sit down uh, with two other members of Loathe. Uh, the two gentlemen are uh, lead vocalist Kadeem France and bassist Faisal El Khazraji. Uh, two very kind, very friendly, very enthusiastic uh, gentlemen who were who were kind of more than obliging to kind of uh, you know, sit down with me at the last minute and have a little chat for just over half an hour or so uh, in their dressing room. 
um, at the Joiners in Southampton, which is where they played on their recent UK headline tour. Uh, you may hear a little bit of interference from Soundcheck in the venue downstairs um, at the time that we are recording this. I hope, hopefully, it's not too distracting. I didn't think it was too bad, but um, yeah, I'll leave that up to you to decide, and hopefully, you uh, you persevere your way through because this is. A, a really awesome chat. It's so much fun recording this one, if you couldn't tell. Um, my chat with Kadeem France, uh, he's the one with the uh, far stronger Scouse accent out of the out of the two. And uh, Faisal El-Khazraji, who is not Scouse at all, he's actually from Cardiff. Um, it, yeah, you're you're about to hear that. I, uh, I hope you enjoy it. And uh, if you do then don't forget to share it with all your friends on social media. And I'll go through all this gubbins at the end. You know what, let's just crack on with this. We'll dive in after this clip from Loathe's sensational new album, which is called I Let It In and It Took Everything. That's out now on Sharp Tone Records. This track is called Gord. Do enjoy. Absolutely delighted. You may be hearing God Complex sound checking downstairs. Now I'm guessing that's not Fox Jaw. I think that is God Complex yeah, no, sound checking. That's definitely God Complex. <laughs> but uh, we we power on. I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Kadeem France and Faisal Al Khazraji, vocalist and bassist of Loath, respectively. Gentlemen, welcome to Bitch and Brew. Thank you for having us. Thank you. How are you both? Very good. Yeah, we uh, we've had a, a mad few. Uh, five days <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we just uh, just released the album on the 7th and uh, you know we played a home show on the 7th which was absolutely I can't even put it into words how amazing it was and then um, yeah no every every show just got better and better and uh, we just feel very very uh, very grateful to be in the position that we are in right now it feels like a very special time for the band I'm, I'm gonna dive right in and uh, you know this this question could completely derail the interview and I could you know at the risk of sounding like every music journalist and people in a comment section yeah. on a YouTube video in the UK right now are you starting to get a little fed up at this point of the constant death times comparisons <laughs> I mean honestly it's amazing to be compared to a band of like like Deftones but um, we do see it a lot like, yeah. it's like I don't know I think the only good thing that we've seen is that like a lot of people said yeah it's very similar but it's not ripping them off yeah, yeah. so that, I guess that's a good thing because it would be worse if it was just, oh you're just ripping off this band I can but, see both sides of the coin I can see it being a, a massive but obviously like deserved compliment yeah, yeah. and being an absolute fucking albatross I guess yeah. having, having the seal of approval so to speak from Chino himself yeah, yeah. kind of I guess, I mean, if we were completely ripping off, we just wouldn't acknowledge it, right? Yeah. But like, um, yeah, I think uh, it's, it's cool. I mean, it's weird because there's some parts in some songs where people are like, yeah, that's proper death tones, and we're just like, it's literally not. Yeah, like, it does not sound like it. It's just not. Like, yeah. Like, I, I, there was this one reaction video, I'm not going to say who it was, but they listened to one of, I think it was Aggressive Evolution, mm. and like, there's a bit at the beginning where it kicks in. And he's instantly like, yeah, man, Deftones. Like, Bro, it, it's like... <laughs> when did they go down? Like, when does when that ever happen? But, like, yeah, big up for, for, for reviewing one of our songs, but even still, like, I don't know, man. 
Well, well, welcome back to Southampton. You're kind of on the, the home stretch now of the of the UK tour. Yes. Um, how has tour been for you, for you this time around? How's it kind of rank in the history of, of loads it's, touring? It's, it's been incredible. It's definitely been one we're going to remember for the rest of our lives. Um, you know, it, we've stepping up, taking a really big step up in like production and uh, just like how the live show is presented. And um, it's 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 been a task, but we've 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 came through on the other end and had the best shows, as I said, yeah. we've ever played as a band. It was like even through like tech difficulties, like sorting everything out, because we never do anything by half. So we always end up doing stuff like super last minute. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, it's the uh, loath way. Yeah, it's literally. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we had we had like a week to rehearse, and I think we yeah we just got around to playing the songs for the first time as a band like, yeah. at the soundcheck, at soundcheck for the first night of oh, the tour oh wow so there were no yeah. rehearsals there were I mean the, well yeah pretty much no yeah pretty much yeah. <laughs> yeah it was all like setting up a new rig and that but uh, yeah because uh, we had like we had uh, a setback like halfway through because we basically set up like our new rig and everything and uh, we knew like we, we didn't really realize how long it would take to set it all up and that mm. so like i think it must have been like the second day of yeah, practice yeah. yeah uh the the rig ended up exploding like blew up so we had to like Shit. send it back get another one and then relearn everything yeah. that we already learned type yeah. and then like just start again and yeah got to the seventh day and we were like I haven't practiced yet still. Yeah. But there's a payoff. There's a payoff in oh, the fact that it's yeah, you know, in, yeah, in, in the form of this tour. And I guess, you know, you were kind of referring to it earlier, Kadeem. Um, you've had not one, but two homecoming shows on this tour. Because Faisal, mm. obviously, a lot yeah. of the band are, are based in Liverpool, but yeah. you're originally from Cardiff, That's right? Yeah, yeah. So um, so were those were those two homecoming shows kind of <laughs> everything you dreamed of? Everything and yeah. more. Like yeah. Cardiff was absolutely unreal. Like, yeah, was I, I can't imagine how it must have felt for you. Oh, like, it was having amazing! Yeah, family there and everything. Yeah, it was mad. It was like because we initially got booked for the downstairs at uh, Club in the Bath where we mm-hmm. um, where we were originally going to play, and um, I, I went to like one of my first shows ever that I saw. Bring me, uh, it was like Bring me. I think it was just before they released Suicide Season. Oh shit! Yeah, it was Bring Me, Dead Swans, and this band called The Secret Handshake. I don't know if you remember. That. Oh, I remember The Secret. Yeah, they did that cover of sure. like what was it? The uh, I wish I was a baller. I wish I was a little bit taller. Oh, I, can't remember. Oh, right, yeah. I don't think I ever listened. Yeah. I think I only remember The Secret Handshake from like Suicide Season Cut Up, like the remix oh. album. Yeah, oh. yeah, it'd be, which was yeah. sick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, uh, oh, so the <laughs> Oh, it's not yeah. aged so well. Yeah, no, but even still, that that holds the time. Yeah, like, that, <laughs> that, that album. That's mine. And and uh, both the Liverpool and the Cardiff shows were the ones that have been upgraded to the bigger venues. Yeah, is that yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. So that was that was surreal in in itself. Like first time we um when we released the Cold Sun, we played the show for that in the O2, uh, the same O2 that we did for this one. Mm-hmm. So like it was mad seeing how different it was from the first time you know like the the progress since the last album like mm. it, was, it was mad it was mad but a similar energy still yeah 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 no, it's just it's bigger and it's only like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally it's mad um, well we have to talk about I Let It In and It Took Everything which is your new album it's out now mm-hmm. on Sharp Time Records has that set in yet the fact that it's out like it's out there honestly I not really know it's like seeing people's like having people's like live feedback is something that we've been working on for I don't even four four hundred and fifty one days. days yeah <laughs> here we go yeah now from start to, yeah. from when the record like began like yeah, yeah 
it's just mad to actually like, have people listening yeah. to it and be able to just go on Spotify and play it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's mad going from, like, having it on your files on your phone, like, having, like, the demo names and everything that you yeah. song. To having it on your files on your Spotify. Yeah, yeah. It's so crazy. <laughs> I, I suppose I should probably say it's been less than a week that, it, that it's been out at the time that we're recording this. By the time people hear this, it'll yeah. be out for a few weeks mm. and inevitably knocked whoever off the top of the charts and whatever. <laughs> um, but before we kind of dive into the, the content of the album itself, um, the, the title, which I think is a fucking fantastic oh, yeah, yeah. title, um, I let it in and it took everything. The it in that title, um, I was reading it kind of alludes to the creative process if, if I'm right in thinking, it, I mean, you can, you can, it's kind of open for t- interpretation, but for me personally, I like, I like to think of it as like just everything that's happened since the cold sun, all the different experiences that we've had. It's like kind of opened our eyes to so many different things, and like it's changed us a lot as people. And we've sacrificed a lot, we've, we've um, just had a lot of like different mad experiences good and bad and I feel like the it is the world like we let the world in mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and it took everything that, but that doesn't necessarily yeah. mean it's a bad thing you know yeah yeah like we've sacrificed so much but we're here today and we're doing yeah. what we're doing you know like <laughs> it's mad yeah. yeah took everything gave you the same stuff but just the upgrade yeah. it's repurposed it yeah, yeah for sure it did you- yeah <laughs> uh... did, did you feel like you kind of had to um, you know because you know, the world can be a liberating place, but a stressful place all the same. Mm. Um, did you feel like you kind of, coming out of the cold sun, you had to, to step back and, and look at art and music in a different way at all and kind of reconnect with it on a deeper level again? I wouldn't even say so much reconnect with it. I think we've always, it's just, mm, I don't know. I think I think all of us were kind of like in our own headspaces before it happened and we kind of, well, because when I joined, I was like a big fan of the Cold Sun, so I, was, I, I, I think a part of me was expecting us to kind of go ahead and do like the Cold Sun part two, and then when it started <laughs> going away from that, um, then it was it, it wasn't like it wasn't like uh, like worrying initially, but it was like oh, okay, cool, this is like completely like uncharted territory, and <laughs> I feel like all of us ended up reinventing ourselves as musicians and as people to mm. to make what the record is now. Mm. Because I mean, we've all spoken, we all listen to like much different music than we did. Two years ago, three years ago. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I feel like yeah. this this album's definitely been like a like a come of an, coming of age thing. In a yeah, way, yeah. In any sense. Yeah. Um, Faisal, obviously, yeah. This is this is your first load album. Yeah. Um, because you joined the band after the the Cold Song came out. Um, am I right in thinking you kind of hosted the writing sessions of of the album in uh, at oh, your in, home in Cardiff? Initially, yeah. We had we had a uh, I think was it Aggressive Evolution. Aggressive Evolution was one of the first. Of the, yeah, it was yeah. one of the first uh, songs that we started writing the album with. It was like it's so crazy as well. Like <laughs> having that song and then looking at that, knowing that was one of the first that was written, and then um, like the journey throughout the rest of the album and just mm-hmm. how much had happened in that space of from start to finish. Like, yeah, you can really you can hear it, you know, but um. Yeah, no, we 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 started the uh, we started recording in Faisal. So I think we stayed there for like a, I want to say like a month. How long did we stay in yours, Faisal? Two three weeks, I think. Initially. Yeah, yeah. So like a month, a month, and uh, we we got like 
like maybe I think like three or four maybe songs done and then after that we ended up staying in Wales in a I was staying in Wales again in a mm. in a cottage in the middle of a Clenechy. Clenechy? Am I saying it right? Clenechy. 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 Yeah. Well, I'm fucking terrible with my Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, now we stayed there for like another month, I think it was, mm-hmm. and we were literally in the middle of nowhere. Like, 40, the nearest shop was like a 40 minute walk away. Oh shit. Down so, like, a horrific hill that didn't have payments, people wouldn't be speeding. Yeah. So it was, yeah. <laughs> so it was like, anyone wants to go to the shop, it's like, get everything you need. Yeah. <laughs> get For the next, like. Like, week. put an end of the world kit together. Yeah, literally, oh, that was it. Was, oh, and, I, I ended up jumping on that Huel diet for a little bit. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. Like, Oh yeah, because that can go either way for some people. Yeah, oh, I lived off it for like five days. It wasn't too bad though, was it? Yeah, I think it was alright. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I kind of backed myself into a corner because I bought like the last meal when we got there. It had like a disgustingly like unhealthy meal that mm. night, and I was like, right from tomorrow, five days. And I just didn't have solid food for five days. But oh Jesus, days. yeah, I hear that a lot about those juice diets, which kind of scare me. Mm. That basically you just look like a crack addict by the end of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, re- recording, uh, you know, in rural Wales, in Clenethley, yes. um, <laughs> how, how conducive was that remote environment uh, yeah. for recording the album? For the, for the inception of it, I think, yeah, because the, f- the first few days we, I think it was New Face in the Dark that got finished initially. Yeah. I feel like that was definitely the, the spark for mm-hmm. what we Yeah, no, nah, that was like, I remember that point in time, like... Eric was downstairs working on everything. Me and Faisal were upstairs working on the vocal patterns and everything. Yeah. And it just felt like we hit the ground running. Yeah. And then after a while, when sleeping patterns <laughs> started to get uh, a bit messed up, yeah. it, it, it slowly went from, oh my God, this is amazing, to oh my days. Yeah. yeah. We, are, we are like, it drove us crazy, but like the best type of crazy. The know? lines start to blur between yeah. reality and what, the and what day is what and like... Yeah. We were like jogging for a little bit, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, you know you're bored when you remember yeah. when you start jogging. You know you're bored things. when you go jogging. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I'm guessing the terrain's not very flat there. Oh, like, no, 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 no. Like there was like a long drive on the outside of the cottage that we were at. Okay. But it was. We were swinging from such extremes, like RuneScape got involved. Oh, Liam and I spent like, I think about. <laughs> yeah. We got the membership, obviously. Yeah, we paid money for yeah. it. You paid for a RuneScape yeah. membership. Nah, I'm not going to lie, right? I still have my membership yeah. now. It's the best. What, yeah. like 15 years later? Yeah, no, do you know what's mad, right? All the all the accounts that were from, like, when I was in school, they've, like, you've ha- you had to start again. Mm. So, like, literally, me and Faisal started again together and we're just smashing it, like, every night. I don't think I ever had one of those, like, weird memberships, like uh, RuneScape or... Club oh, Penguin or anything yeah, like do that. Do you remember Habbo Hotel? No, I don't Did you ever play Habbo Hotel? No. Oh my god, if anyone's listening right now, Habbo Hotel went off back in the day. Like, Mr. France 1995. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it was, it was kind of like Club Penguin, but it was like, you just like people who walk around and go to clubs and stuff, but you, it's, it was, it was, it was interesting. I and mean, you're, like, you're not selling it to me. I'm no, not gonna no, alright, when you were like, I don't know, I can't even remember how old it was, but like at the time it was the most fascinating thing ever. Right. It was like, I can speak to people online yeah, and like yeah, yeah. walk around and be a virtual person. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was like stuck about five years behind with the whole like, uh, oh, really? like RPG type stuff like oh, World of Warcraft or anything oh, like that yeah, yeah. I, I was still stuck playing like Worms World Party on the, oh, on the PC and, like, which is playing. heavy still yeah yeah exactly. dude I was like I was in 
before, I think I was, it was just before I went to high school and I, I don't know why, probably because I was an idiot. <laughs> I, um, I didn't really grasp the concept of like money on cards being a thing. Yeah. Mm. So I, I, I ended up accidentally spending like a hundred quid of, of my parents' money on stuff from RuneScape. Buying like RuneScape money and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, like their bill came there, just came and like, oh, what the fuck's this? <laughs> yeah, what, what, what have you been doing, man? I was like, oh. Like, it's a nice dragon helm. So, <laughs> At least, like, spend it on... I haven't reached 60 defence yet, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, soon. We need to get back on training. Yeah, we do. ASAP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, there's there's some incredible progressions on the record. Um, I suppose, you know, one of the most uh, immediate things is, is, you know, kind of diving into those less conventional song structures. Faisal, I'm sure you probably felt the brunt of this. Yeah, that was like a, a, a weird one for sure. Because I guess I came from like a more structured yeah. background when it came to like songs and that. Well, you played yeah. in Holding Absence, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, so it was interesting to kind of come in and see how that's how you know how like mm. the, th- the through composed songs all work. But yeah, it's, it's it's nice. I feel like we've we've struck like a perfect balance on the record of of stuff which is more conventional and stuff which is a lot more avant garde, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's definitely you know a step up from the um, from the song structures of, of the the Cold Sun, which you know it, it kind of uses false builds a lot on uh, like uh, Broken Vision Rhythm and mm. and Red Room as well. You know, there's kind of oh, it feels like it's going to build something that's going to make me shit myself, and then the song just stops and it's yeah. like oh, like it's, it's kind of dizzying. Um, were, were you quite kind of self uh, sorry self referential and kind of looking back at the Cold Sun and you know, trying to do something different, or did you kind of look at this record in in a more isolated manner? Um, I'm, I mean, I feel like naturally we do always was always gonna hold elements from the Cold Sun and everything because that's just like how how we write music. But like, I don't know. I feel like with with trying new things and everything, and all, it almost came like naturally to us because we we just wanted to different people from like, yeah that's what I'm saying like yeah. I feel like I feel like Faisal brought a whole new element to the band when he joined and like the the album wouldn't be the album that it was if he mm-hmm. wouldn't join the band you know and I feel like yeah it's it's kind of like a natural progression between all of us well Kadeem you're singing a lot more on this record yeah, you know yeah. kind of taking kind of sharing the clean vocals mantle a little bit more with Eric on this record mm-hmm. um, is that kind of something you work together on with Eric or was that kind of more of a like an independent decision on your part and you kind of brought it to the studio one day and said I want to want to maybe do some more of this well, then, it was it was more like as the songs were getting written and we had obviously the, the, the lighter songs it was it was like you know I'm going to have to sing yeah. over this like I can't and then it in that way it just kind of it just happened and I, I remember like like recording like two way murder and stuff like that it was it was very it was, it was I was nervous because you know I'm screaming and singing two completely different things and mm. Like I, I'm so used to express. Obviously, I've sang all my life and stuff, but there's a difference between just singing in the shower or whatever, and then actually being there yeah. in the studio. Had you ever done anything sort of purely singing pre-Love at all? Uh, not really. Well, like obviously, I was in like school rock band and that, and we did, right. like covers and that back in the day. But it was never anything like serious, you know. Mm. So it was the first time like having to just get in the the vibe for like singing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. It was. I think it's cool. Part of part of it for the record was because everyone's kind of spurs everyone on to do stuff. Mm. So it's like it's it, I, there's no 
I feel like in a lot of bands it's like the singer's the singer and even if say someone else has a good voice no I'm doing it do you yeah. know what I mean whereas with us it's kind of ended up being like oh so you've learned how to scream you, you're going to start doing yeah. it mm. and, or you can sing you're going to be singing so like everyone's doing some kind of vocal on the record oh, like both sweet. singing and screaming yeah, you know those bits where like in the background Sean's shouting and singing and <laughs> harmonies like, yeah harmonies that like people that will pop up like, yeah, like quite yeah. evident in the, when you're hearing them they're quite obvious they'll be like Sean or Connor or something like that so it's it's pretty cool to it, it definitely adds to like the whole like collective feel of mm. yeah. yeah regardless of whether other people hear it or not it's if the chemistry in the band is like that then it's uh, only going to help the music you know what I mean did anyone ever kind of let off a harmony and you just kind of had to go yeah we'll kind of we'll kind of push that surprisingly not like I feel like we're almost like the same not like the same person but <laughs> it's kind of a thing I feel like we all even sound yeah. similar when we sing to yeah, the point where because we're all like so yeah. we talk like each other mm-hmm. we sing like do you know what I mean yeah, it's almost yeah. like a, a wolf pack yeah. <laughs> a wolf pack of music <laughs> so bad <laughs> um, you know go, go, going back to two way mirror um, you know that that is kind of a key example on the, of the, the record being so cinematic mm. and uh, you know an atmospheric and I think the album makes very kind of effective use of, of instrumentals it's something you've dabbled with before on the previous records but it's something that I feel like has really come to fruition here were you looking at things like film scores or more soundscape type stuff when it came to finding inspiration for those moments? Uh, yeah, most definitely. Eric's a really big fan of it, David Lynch. Oh, and, okay, uh, like, yeah. A lot of his work and stuff, like Twin, Pe- Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. And then um, even like on the other side of things, like Silent Hill and like, just, yeah, a lot, a lot of... RuneScape. <laughs> yeah, RuneScape theme song. Yeah, oh, some tunes on that. Yeah, nah, there are some bangers on that, to be fair, like, but not him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well now we know what you're going to be walking onto the stage yep. to oh, that's it, yeah. on the next Lumbridge tour theme tune. get ready download mm. that's it that's it mate <laughs> um, but also you know on the, on the flip side of that it is absurdly heavy in places like yeah. crushingly heavy what, what kind of buttons do you look to push for the listener what, what kind of emotional response do you want to provoke with those heavier moments anything yeah to not know what to expect anything can happen at any moment and like that's one thing I love about what we do Mm -hmm. is like you can be literally about to cry (laughs) and then the next second you're like ready to punch (laughs) do you know what I mean (laughs) like just having just like that whirlwind of emotion really Mm -hmm. yeah anything can happen type of yeah super glad that it's like really eclectic because I think um I was uh there's this one Devin Townsend interview that I saw and it was, I think I was like, I was, I was quite a bit younger and he was talking about how when a record just sounds the same all the way through. And he's like, well, you know, sometimes people talk about Devin Townsend and they're just like, oh, he's men- mental because he's constantly doing all these different styles. And he's yeah. just like, well, no. He was like, you must be mental to kind of constantly force out the same emotion. Mm. And when you do that over the space of, I guess it makes more sense if a record has a similar vibe completely all the way through if it's been, if it's like a proper snapshot of, a specific yeah, yeah. time whereas with this record it took so long to write that we were in different I mean we were changing it as people mm. as it was going along mm. so I think that's what that kind of like lent itself um, to how it sounds but um, yeah I think seeing how well it's gone down as well with it being 
super eclectic and people being into like all the different styles that are on yeah. it. Yeah. It's uh, definitely like open the door to absolutely anything else that we can do. Mm. Well, you you say it doesn't necessarily kind of represent a particular snapshot in time because mm-hmm. it was you know written over yeah you know an extensive period. I feel like it does uh, come at a very exciting time for alternative and particularly heavy mm-hmm. music where bands are once again kind of more captivating when they're armed with a kind of visual stimulus i feel like that's something mm-hmm. we maybe lost a few years ago and yeah. people's attention spans started waning and mm-hmm. you know social media culture and that yeah. it, it was it was it was so hard to kind of um to to captivate an audience mm-hmm. uh, whereas now you know bands are, are doing so well just with the fact that you know they have something to excite the viewer visually as well as on record yeah, yeah. Um, when, when it comes to Loathe do you, is there kind of like a 50-50 split when it comes to thoughts going into the visuals as well as the music or is there more of a leaning towards the music everyone just spitballs ideas to be honest and anything mm. that gets us all excited we just we, we kind of run with mm. I mean like it's just I feel like because I've, I've spoken about this before in other podcasts it's just like the whole idea of metal becoming a bit more mainstream you can kind of I guess take more influence from the pop world so you're, you're not as afraid to express and be a bit, little bit uh, express yourself as much and be a, a lot more outward mm-hmm. um, so that definitely lends itself into the visuals with I guess how we're going to end up dressing for different like be it for different record cycles or like just as the band progresses yeah but um, yeah it's a uh, do you, do you think a lot about iconography and like um, creating a, a distinct visual identity for each member? Because I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna kind of riff off of something that was said by on another podcast yeah. by um, Eric's doppelganger Renfrey Deadman um, <laughs> <laughs> on the Riot Act podcast, um, where he was talking about you know when you're kind of backlit and you see just silhouettes of yeah. um, of you on stage he can kind of go, that's loath right there. Mm, so is that yeah. something you kind of think a lot about? Because I think that's a hard thing for bands to nail. They can either, if it goes the wrong way, they can look mm. like vainglorious dickheads yeah. or they can just look a bit gimmicky. I feel like I feel like with the type of people we are, we really like to express ourselves like through how we dress. Mm-hmm. So mm. I think in a way it comes, it comes natural to us to just like want to have our own individual identity. Mm. Like for example, like Connor with his, uh, with his sunglasses and his beanies, he loves a good... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just like little things like that, and then people recognize them from that. You know what yeah, I mean? So, yeah. like, yeah, I guess it, it's. Yeah. And now it's like you have to wear the beanie and the sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. and Do you know what's photo. funny? Do you know what's funny? Right when we we were on tour with them, um, with Straight from the Path uh, in December, and um, one of the shows we were about to go on stage, and Connor was like, I think he wasn't wearing his beanie, and him. Um, What's it called? Tom from Straight From The Path came over and was like, nope, kicking, off, kicking you off the tour if you don't wear that beanie. He's like, I can't, I'm here for the gimmicks. He was like, I need them sunglasses. And the, like, it, needs, it needs to happen, but yeah. Um, you know, the, the videos for this cycle, I mean, you've always done some amazing work on your videos and you've uh, worked primarily with uh, Zach Pynchon mm-hmm. yeah. uh, on your videos. Has he done all of your videos at this point? Uh, pretty or? much all of them, except yeah. for In-Def. We did right. In-Def with um, Life is Art. But uh, yeah, ever since, we just think he, from when we did the first video, we just were on the same wavelength mm. and he, he gets what we're going for and he also is like he shares similar interests so it's just kind of like 
easy chemistry, you know. Yeah. I guess going back to that kind of silhouettes thing, you kind of did that in, in Gord, didn't you? Where you yeah. can barely see any of the band at all. You just kind of see the reflections in the mm-hmm. in the corners of the wall. But um, what was your creation, creative relationship, sorry, uh, with, with Zach like? How much do you, um, uh, do you, of a role do you play in shaping that very visceral visual style in the videos? Um, I'd say pri- primarily it's, um, it, it'd be between like Faisal, Eric, and Zach, like, they'll literally, like, Eric will be, like, just over his shoulder while he's editing, like, yo, dude, what, how about this, how about, do you know what I mean? Mm. Just, like, fleshing out different ideas. So it, it's just shared between, like, them three, and then, obviously, if anyone else has something that they thought think would look amazing, we'll come forward and, like, say that. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's really, really good to have someone who is so lenient and is like willing to sometimes yeah yeah, that's what I mean he bends over backwards for us proper bends over sorry literally proper bends over backwards proper bends over sorry Zach (laughs) he's not the contortionist at the start of the Gord video is he he bends over backwards and forwards that's a a peek behind the curtain (laughs) (laughs) he he bends over backwards and forwards he's like the fucking uh, liquid metal guy from Terminator just like splitting off um (laughs) Uh, <laughs> I guess you have to kind of be a, a little bit lenient when when it's that kind of uncompromising and pretty pretty sickening in places. It's, you know, yeah. I I find it's a kind of testament to the fact that I think heavy music and like horror movies have always kind of walked hand in hand. About oh yeah, them, absolutely. I think I think part of the reasons they end up being quite eccentric is because like a lot of time Eric will have an idea and it'll be like, right, we want to do that, and we're all just like, right how are we going to do this? And then something kind of ends up stemming off that and we kind of like reach some compromise that wouldn't have really happened if that initial kind of crazy idea wouldn't have come about Mm. anyway. So, um, yeah, I guess it's just like throwing out (laughs) mental ideas and trying to go as far as we can down that route. Yeah. Are you guys big movie fans on the road? Do you you kind of have... um do you all kind of have your own individual tour habits or do you all kind of like hang out watch films what, what's the kind Obviously, of uh, what happens off stage a lot of time between shows it'll either be like everyone's got the earphones in we're tired and people are just into music or it'll be like we'll be debating about something or just going into just deep conversations about the world and like I, it's been a while since we've sat in the van and watched the movie right yeah. like a lot of the time like literally we'll just be blasting music <laughs> like that's it it's a bit classic if you're looking at monitors it's yeah, just like yeah. people think it's all fun and games oh like, yeah like especially if you're in the back, back seat yeah, yeah no that's it's I remember all I'm... lies <laughs> it's all of it. It, it you can't play FIFA in a van for more than Nine. 20 minutes that to be fair though when we first started getting like nice sprinter vans when like when that fair started to become a thing and we had like an Xbox on the in the van and that yeah. we did play a fair few games but that mm. was just because it was new to us like the novelty of like playing Xbox whilst also being in a moving vehicle yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean but like I don't know yeah it's not really a a thing if so, I'm, yeah obviously you know uh, as I said you're kind of on the the home stretch of uh, your UK tour now you guys are playing Download Festival this year yeah. second time playing there second time playing yeah. and uh, and you're moving up a stage you're on the the Avalanche stage mm-hmm. um, I understand you know this this is my first time seeing Loathe tonight and I'm, I'm so excited because I've always kind of seemed to, to miss you guys whenever oh, really? yeah I missed you guys at 2000 Trees oh, I missed damn. the Stray shows because they were like packed out oh, to fair, fuck fair. Um, with with the live production, I understand you've approached it with a very um, uh, don't ask, don't get 
kind of attitude. You oh, can be right. very sort of flexible towards the venues that you play because they're of all different shapes and sizes, but you've kind of gone at it from an angle of, oh, well, we're going to ask for it, and if it can't be done, it can't be done, but if it can, then you you know, move mountains to do it. Yeah, for example, we when we, uh, when we played the Heavy Music Awards, the screen that we had behind us... Oh, it's a fucking massive yeah, screen, Yeah, yeah, originally it? that was just supposed to be, like, loath or yeah. loath, playing loath or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, or like yeah. a Heavy Music Awards, like, animated thing or something. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, we actually figured out how to, like, set up... Yeah, we, oh, didn't, we didn't really let up, did we? we were just like, yeah, oh, we were like, it literally, it got to the point where we we sound checked in it and then like from sound check literally up yeah. until we were about to play mm-hmm. we were just like just trying to figure out how to get it yeah. done yeah yeah and in, it, the, in the end was it who was it who sorted this because I want to thank them so it was oh, I've got the name somewhere in my phone Eric's got my phone at the moment but um, it but, was the end thing was we walked out and we were like right okay so this is just before we played we had one computer with the, the footage on it, mm-hmm. they, they didn't have like a loom long enough to run the HDMI or oh, whatever right, yeah. it was to the front of the house, it was such a big venue. And um, it was someone over a talkback pressing spacebar on the stage to play the video and then at the other side pressing the spacebar to get the backing track going. So it was just like, and Sean had like managed to calculate the difference in delay between the QuickTime and the VLC media player or whatever that we <laughs> So he was like, damn, that, and then it started playing. Yeah, but, uh, we were like, before it though, leading up to it, we were like, what's gonna happen if it's just so out of sync? What if it just loop strings? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I was like, I was like proper like living for the rush of it. I was just like, this is good. I was like, we were upstairs and we were just like, cause I remember saying, I was like, we're we're gonna go downstairs. We're either gonna come upstairs and be absolutely on top of the world, or like just be absolutely gutted that it just completely cocked up. Yeah, and it was. Incredible. Yeah, it was it was yeah. amazing. Why why don't you think bands aren't doing this enough? Because it's a very sort of self made production mm. uh, with you guys with all the visuals and all the gear and stuff, mm. and it, and it's kind of very DIY in that sense. Do you think bands are just kind of worried that they're gonna look like they've got ideas above their station when it comes to approaching the venues about doing that sort of thing? Or I think that's partly it. I think yeah. people are definitely afraid to. I feel like a lot of people have amazing ideas, but I feel like a lot. It's the difference between just being like, yeah, yeah we can do it, let's do it. Yeah. And yeah. then like, cause, I don't know, it takes that one push to be like, oh, it's actually yeah. uh, something we can do. Let's do. Like, you'd be surprised yeah. what you can do. You need to enjoy taking a risk as well. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. what I'm saying. And, um, you know, when it, when it comes to, to creating these, um, these productions and these visuals, um, are, you, are you kind of doing it with, with much bigger things in mind? Things like Download Festival or the opportunity to play venues like the Forum again or, dare I say, somewhere down the line, arenas and the, and the bigger theatres? Absolutely. Like, we, we always... That's like a main thing for us. It's just how can we make a show bigger and better? And yeah. the bigger the venue, the better the show and the more... Yeah opportunities we can have to make it more of a love yeah. show yeah I definitely don't think that we'd be short of ideas if we were given like a really big stage to fill we'd be able to come out with, with like the placements of exactly what lights we want where mm-hmm. and I mean even the lights we're using tonight we're not using any house lights oh right so it's gonna be I mean a lot of it's it's almost like playing with the idea of like it also being pitch black and just having these beams of light going through Fuck. it so like it's yeah it's yeah 
it's, then, it, I mean, that, it, it's that kind of production that you can kind of put in any yeah. kind of small to medium-sized venue, and it's just it just works perfectly in both. And now we know that, you know, in time for the next tour, it's mm. literally a case of just ripping a, a RuneScape playthrough off of YouTube. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and, that's the, and, that, and that's how it's going to go from yeah. now on. Um, now, I realise uh, we're, we're kind of uh, running out of time for today, but um, I did want to ask, uh, kind of similar to what I was saying about earlier about the, the kind of emotions you want to provoke... How do you want people to feel when they walk away at the end of the night from the Loathe live experience? Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. <laughs> um, like they're part of something, like they're part of a movement, because I feel like people who come to our shows are, because like in Birmingham and then last yeah. night, like it, it felt special, man. Mm-hmm. It felt like we were really like on the air. Uh, I don't know how to put this into words. Like. Every moment feels like it's it's a highlight of like a documentary. Like, yeah, 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 that's like, what I mean. Yeah, and I, yeah. I want people to hopefully a good one, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Less less kind of Spinal Tap and more like I don't know what's a really good music documentary. That Parkway documentary. Yeah, yo, the other, I was the literally week. about yeah. to say. Yeah, I saw it on the big screen yeah. the the other week. It's oh really? Fucking sick. Yeah. Or Hundred Days, the Architects documentary. Oh, oh that yeah. is, really is that the moment that I'm um, with Rise Against? I think they go on, yeah, they do like, the, they do the UK and then they do, uh, they do Asia. Oh, they got to Bali and that. Yeah, yeah, I think I remember that's watching that. There's a While She Sleeps one as well, actually. Yeah, yeah. And I there's a Bring Me the Horizon one I remember from years ago. Really? It was, uh, the one where I think it was like, Lads on Tour, it. it was called or something like that. The Drift It one. Drift It, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These are all kind of going on the mood board for the future Loathe documentary then. <laughs> Literally. Well, uh, Kadeem Faisal has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, good luck with the rest of the tour. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. have it thank you very much to Kadeem and Faisal from the band Loathe uh, if you hadn't gathered uh, over the course of that chat their new album is called I Let It In and it took everything and it's out now on Sharp Tone Records uh, the track you just heard a clip from is called Two Way Mirror that's one of the singles from the album such a good fucking song um, as is Gord uh, which you heard at the, the top of the podcast and there's loads of other fucking great tracks on it one of the early contenders for album of the year uh, spoiler alert for when we eventually do a full review of that one but yeah, go and buy yourself a copy of that album and, and go and see Loathe live because they're just, they're fucking amazing. And um, they are playing Download Festival on the 13th of June. They're on the Avalanche stage. Um, I mean, it may just be reason enough for me to go to, to Download this year uh, just to see Loathe and, well, also Deftones and System of a Down, but lots of other 
very great bands playing Download this year, especially Loathe. Um, and they are heading out all around uh, mainland Europe immediately after playing Download. So across June and July, they're playing a bunch of festivals and a bunch of shows, sharing bills with the likes of Silverstein and of Mice and Men and Barry Tomorrow. Uh, so hopefully playing on some big stages out there in mainland Europe. Uh, if you are sort of out that way, uh, then then go and pick up a ticket. Their website is loatheasone.co.uk. You can find all of the dates and tickets uh, there and go and pick up a copy of their album there as well from the official store. And they've got some really good merch. I'm definitely getting some merch on payday. Um, so loatheasone, all one word, .co uk and i wouldn't be all that surprised to see him out on the road in the uk once again very very soon so if you're not going to download i mean let's keep our fingers crossed up they're, they're bound to be out on the road in the uk uh, shortly that is it for episode number 44 of Bitchin' Brew. Uh, if you like what you heard make sure you're subscribed uh, on whatever platform you listen uh, to podcasts on whether that's spotify or acast apple podcast uh Podomatic. I actually, I don't know if I'm on Podomatic. Tell me if I'm on Podomatic um, on on social media. All the links are in the description. Basically, whatever platform you're listening to me right now, warbling on, uh, just subscribe through that platform. That'd be great. And uh, if you are part of the Apple Podcast crew, uh, don't forget to leave a positive review and help your friendly neighbourhood independent podcast out as it tackles the perilous Apple algorithms. Um, Regardless of the platform that you do use, uh, share this episode on social media with all your friends who are either already fans of Loathe or are about to become friends of Loathe. Sorry, that was so impassioned that I just... I wrapped my hand on the laptop and it really fucking hurt. But um, Bitch and Brew is on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Like I said, links to follow the podcast on any of those platforms are in the description of this episode. Um, I think I'll leave it at that. You've heard enough of my voice already, and I'm thirsty. Uh, thanks again to Kadeem and Faisal and the rest of the Loathe gang, um, as well as their, their tour manager, Zach, for being uh, very accommodating. And uh, finally, to Claire at Sharp Tone Records for allowing this chat to happen uh, in the first place. I always like to show the love for the for the people who are kind of working behind the scenes to bring you these conversations. But the biggest thank you obviously goes to you for listening. I'll hopefully see you again soon for another chat about music, life and everything in between right here on Bitch and Brew. And I say hopefully, there's definitely another chat recorded. So, you know, stay tuned a couple of weeks time. Uh, hopefully we're able to stay afloat before then. Cryptic clue as to who the next guest is. I've never done that before. It's a pretty shit clue, to be honest. I won't do that again. Sorry, folks. This is Danny Randon signing off. Until next time, don't forget to be loud, be kind, and be bitching. <laughs>